This is the evening edition of the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Sunday, January 30th of 2022. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, putting the P in podcasting through the relentless daily practice on my road to podcasting glory. It's good to be here practicing my podcasting skills, and thank you for being here with me on my journey to complete 365 consecutive daily podcast episodes, a journey that I began 344 days ago, February 20th, 2021, and that means that I have 21 more episodes to reach my goal, three weeks, that includes this episode. So, arithmetically speaking... That last episode of the year should be Saturday, February the 19th. But just to be sure, I'm going to consider the last episode to be on Sunday, February 20th. And then I'll have one more episode after that to wrap things up. Probably on Monday, maybe on Tuesday. Just kind of something to give closure to this grand and foolish experiment. You can find all of these environmentally friendly, ethically sourced, and 100% sustainable podcast episodes at the website dailypodcastpractice.com. This podcast has been made possible by Wikipedia. No, they haven't sponsored it, but you know, without them, I couldn't do this gig because I go to them for information for every single episode. That's just the way it is. And because of that, I support Wikipedia with a modest annual financial contribution. And if you use Wikipedia regularly, then I ask you to consider doing that too. On this day in 1956, Elvis Presley recorded his cover version of Carl Perkins' song, Blue Suede Shoes. I remember, I remember these lyrics. You can do anything but lay off of my blue suede shoes. And I can remember thinking, why does he care so much about his shoes? And why are they blue suede? I was very young, what can I say? And at that time, I saw the world through very, a very literary lens. I hadn't yet uh, discovered the world of symbolism or even thought about it. <laughs> so blue suede shoes was, uh, it was a bit of a mystery to me. <laughs> it kind of still is. Because I'm still not sure why anyone would have a fashion sense of blue suede shoes. I guess you just, you just had to be there. Also on this day in 1961, Patsy Cline released her hit, I Fall to Pieces, which became the Billboard Song of the Year. And I remember hearing it a few years later on AM radio on some radio station in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, I didn't hear it in 1961. I just didn't. But I do remember maybe 63, 64, 65, hearing it on the radio in Fort Smith. The song was written by Hank Cochran and Harlan Howard out in California where they became uh, songwriting partners. One night, Cochran was kind of thinking over some song ideas, and he thought of the title, I Fall to Pieces. So the next day, the two of them got together, and they finished writing the song. The demo version of the song was recorded at Pamper Music in Gotlitzville, Tennessee, by Howard's wife, country singer Jan Howard. And Howard pitched the song to Decca Records, but Decca Records tried to find the right artist to record it. It was turned down by many artists, including Brenda Lee, who said the song was too country for her pop style. And then they asked uh, country star Roy Drusky, and he turned it down. 
stating that it wasn't a man's song, and Patsy Cline was in the hallway and overheard this argument, and see, she said, hey, can I record this? And they said, sure, let's do it. Now, here's what I like. Here's the, the kind of backstory in the studio story of making this song, of making the recording. And according to the Wikipedia entry for I Fall to Pieces, Klein began recording the song a few weeks uh, after the conversation. This was in November 1960. And she had some second thoughts about it, especially after she found out that the popular Nashville background singer group, The Jordanaires, would be the support vocalists. And she was afraid that the Jordanaires were going to drown out her sound. And she wasn't very friendly then when she met them for the first time. She also felt that the pop ballad style that they wanted for it didn't suit her own style. But they were trying to make this song appeal to a pop market, and Patsy Cline just didn't think that was right. So along with that, the session musicians were having trouble in the studio with the song. Uh, let's see, the composer Harlan Howard said, On the night of the session, we absolutely did not want to do the standard 4-4 shuffle that had been, by then, done to death. We were trying all kinds of other basic rhythm combinations, but they all just laid there and bled all over the floor. So, it had to be the shuffle then, like it or not. But the amazing thing was, once Patsy got into the groove... She just caressed those lyrics and that melody so tenderly that it was just like satin. We knew we had magic in the can when, on the fourth take, every grown man in that studio was crying like a baby, and Mr. Bradley said, that's the one. And then Patsy, after she listened to the playback, realized that he was right about the torch songs and she ended up liking the track. She said that she finally found her own identity, and subsequently, she and the Jordanaires became best of friends, and uh, they became part of her inner circle of recording. Born on this day in 1925, engineer, inventor, and early computer and internet pioneer Douglas Engelbart. Doug is best known for his work on founding the field of human-to-computer interaction, which, you know what, it, it resulted in the computer mouse. Yes, the mouse, that thing that every one of us uses every single day if we're working with a computer. But wait, there's more. He also was the first to demonstrate the use of hypertext, networked computers, and the precursor to the graphical user interfaces. And all of these were demonstrated at what is now known as the mother of all demos which was done in San Francisco, California, on December 9th of 1968. Dougie hit it out of the park that day. Doug died in Atherton, California, on July 2nd, 2013, from kidney failure. He was 88 years old. So happy birthday, Doug, and thank you for your contribution to the world that I live in today. And that is all for today, but I leave you with this thought from Doug. The rate at which a person can mature is directly proportional to the embarrassment he can tolerate. <laughs> oh, that's so true. 
That's so true. If you can't embrace your failures and accept them and your shortcomings, then you're not going to mature. (laughs) You're just not. And uh, I have some work to do there. That's a wrap, folks. Let's stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.